When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the kickoff of our third annual Christian Effing Bale Month. This has been such a joy and a pleasure. And when I bring Carla on in just a minute, I want to just for new people who aren't who aren't familiar with our Christian Bale Month, uh, and you can also go back and watch our other live streams. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go to our website. It's a phantomthingpod.com. And there is a page dedicated to Christian. You can go back and listen to our previous Christian Bale episodes from the previous years. Uh, but this is something I always look forward to because if you don't know, Christian is our unofficial mascot. Someday he will make this official. We're just waiting for that to happen. But until that time, he is our unofficial mascot and we celebrate him every January because if you don't know, January, that's when Christian celebrates the B word. I'm not allowed to say that word until his day we learned from Christian, quote unquote Christian a couple of years ago, that that's like a Welsh tradition. So we can't say that word when he could be near and in earshot. So just to let you know, Uh, but we are going to be kicking it off with Rescue Dawn. And I do have trigger warnings on the bottom for war, torture, all kinds of things that go along with that. This is not like the happiest, most cheerful movie. This was one that the listeners, you chose this one. And I do want to let you know, we do have a little schedule change. We're not going to be talking about Velvet Goldmine this year. Instead, we're just going to be talking about this one, then 310 to Yuma. And then we're going to wrap up with Public Enemies. We're also going to have Christian Bale Trivia Night, which will probably be on his birthday. Uh, Oh, gosh, I said the B word. It'll probably be on that day. I hope Christian didn't hear. (laughs) But we'll see. More more of that coming soon. Um, I'm seeing shocked expressions backstage. So, but I want to bring on my co-host through this journey of Christian Bale. She was here when this started. So, Carla. Happy Christian Bale Month, everybody. Woohoo! Time to celebrate. Get your marshmallows. <laughs> I wish I wish we could sell marshmallows that had like yes. Christian's face on like, it. Like we could get like a little brand <laughs> with his face on it. Put him on marshmallows. <laughs> like half roasted with just his face. <laughs> Aww. I'm sure he would be so flattered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> for those who don't know, we have decided, Carla decided, that one of Christian's favorite snacks is marshmallows. So this is an ongoing thing. Please confirm this for us, Christian, or somebody that knows Christian, because that will just make our day. But I want to just quickly, before we get into Rescue Dawn, before I tell you a little bit about what this is about, and I have a couple of trivia things that I did want to share. 
This started a few years ago when we were recording, yes, this is true, an episode on the show Girlfriends. Christian had nothing to do with this show. We were just getting ready to talk about American Psycho. That's the very first film we ever did that Christian was in. So go back and listen to that two and a half hour or something long episode. And we were talking about how excited we were, Carla and I were, about that. And then Carla created this incredible spot on Christian Bale impression. And then that's basically where it started. And then the next year I went, we're going to do a Christian Bale month. And then I loved doing that so much that I went, we're going to do this every year. And so it's just been a joy. And I'm so glad that Carla is a part of this. And really, Carla's Christian Bale, which is this is why we do these live so that you can at least get the video version as well. But Carla's Christian is like the one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. And I think it's one of the best things on the podcast. So thank you, Carla, for joining me on this again. And I'm really excited. And even though this movie is not at all happy. <laughs> really. We'll make it happy. We'll force it to be a we'll, joyful experience. We'll bring some joy in this. Somehow we will do this. I don't know how, but we will do this. So Rescue Dawn is a movie from 2006 um, and is about a U.S. fighter pilot. It's based on a true story about a U.S. fighter pilot, Dieter Dingler, who goes through an epic story. This is from IMDb. Goes through an epic struggle of survival after being shot down on a mission over Laos during the Vietnam War. And this was right when people were still saying we weren't going to be going to war too. I think that's also important to note that a lot of stuff we weren't, you know, this country was not talking about. The United States, I mean. And Christian Bale, of course, plays Dieter Dangler, which little trivia, and I'm so grateful this didn't happen. Matt Damon was originally cast in this role, but he turned it down. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make that horrible stink face. No. Um, it's, it's, uh, how interesting. Um, also, Steve Zahn as Dwayne. Jeremy Davies, the ever-interesting, unique Jeremy Davies. <laughs> he's so... He's one of the most interesting actors to watch on screen who plays Gene. I do want to say... You know, if you do watch this movie, this is about people who are prisoners of war and they go through a lot of torture when it comes to that. So I want to so just make sure, you know, that we're also going to be spoiling this movie from 2006. <laughs> so that's kind of on you at this point. <laughs> You've had 18 years to catch up. OK, like, honestly. Yes. And it's it's based on yes. real facts. Um, it's an embellished story based on real facts. So honestly, like that's, it's so on you. And there is, this was done, sorry, this was done by Warner Herzog, who actually did the documentary Little Dieter Wants to Fly, which that line is actually in the movie at one point. So he did the documentary first and then did, um, and then did the movie. And just a couple of quick little trivia facts. This film was shot in reverse continuity. So Christian Bale, having worked hard to lose weight for the role, would appear the gauntest at the end and then could simply gain the pounds back over the course of filming, working backwards through time so that when Bale returned to his average weight, he would be filming his scenes as Dangler pr prior to being taken prisoner. In a show of solidarity, as many of his actors lost weight for their roles, the director lost almost 30 pounds as well, So, which I thought was kind of interesting. The insects that Christian Bale eats are not worms, but maggots, and he really is eating those. 
Uh, Werner Herzog tells a story that he offered to eat a spoonful first to comfort Baal, but Baal insisted that was not necessary. Typical, typical Christian. Um, Herzog told Baal before they began filming to just keep eating until he wanted to stop and that would be the end of the shot. They had to do a second take when Bale burst out laughing when he saw the reaction of his fellow actors as he wolfed down maggots. In the next take, Bale completely forgot that Herzog had said he would let Bale decide when the scene would end. He just kept <laughs> spooning in the maggots and chomping away. Oh my God. <laughs> Herzog, Herzog says he was thinking, wow, this guy is really committed. When is he going to stop? <laughs> Finally, Bale, somewhat perturbed, asks Herzog through a mouthful of chewed up maggots, when are you going to call cut? Oh my God. Ah, oh, that's our Chrissy B. I know, man. <laughs> That's our Chrissy B for sure. Um, and Chrissy B did lose 55 pounds for this role. And I mean, he, this isn't the most weight he's lost, of course, but it still is a lot. This is something he is known for. This is something we really want Christian to stop doing. <laughs> We've for talked real. about that yeah. a lot. So, you know, that's a big, big thing we talk about with Christian is we really want him to start taking care of himself. So you're, you're not a young man anymore, Christian. No offense. Age is just age. Just accept it, Christian. I'm sitting here giving yeah. him side eye while he's on my couch. <laughs> There's a lot of other things on here. I really do think I really do recommend that people go look at the trivia on IMDb. Because I think there's a lot of really interesting little things that are peppered in here, but I don't want to spend the whole time talking about the trivia. But I do want to just say that um, there, is, there is a lot of critique of this movie. There's some criticism of this movie and how it's actually not accurate to some things. Herzog's film is starkly at odds with um, Dieter Dingler's own book, Escape from Laos, and Dingler's statement in the documentary, Little Dieter Needs to Fly, when it comes to the character of Jean Dearborn, who was played by uh, Jeremy Davies in the movie. And unlike the portrayal in the movie, Dingler spoke very highly of him. And it was actually, he helped a lot with the plot of them escaping. He was the first one who found the nail they use later to like help get out of the handcuffs. You know, he had passed away. Dangler passed away before this movie came out, but people have said he probably would not have liked this movie because of that, because there were things like that, that they kind of made him out to be more of the person who did all this on his own and he was the mastermind when he wasn't the only one who was coming up with that stuff so just there's a long thing about that so i just recommend reading that so i just thought that was interesting especially seeing as how werner herzog did the documentary you would think he wouldn't have done that my guess is he wanted to add conflict among the prisoners of war and so that's probably why he did that which is just bananas to me, given that there's plenty of conflict in being imprisoned and being exactly. starved. Like, exactly. I think that's plenty dramatic. Exactly. You don't need to add anything else to that. So, yeah. Like, oh, no, these guys get along. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Which actually would be, would make more sense, you know, and would help a lot with, I think, 
the ending, actually. Yeah. So we're going to start, as we always do during this month, with talking about Christian and Christian's character, who is, of course, once again, based on a real man, and also his performance. So what are your thoughts on all of that, Carla? Christian is, of course, fantastic and wonderful. Like, I really enjoyed his performance in this. I, I, one criticism that I have of this movie is that it's basically like Top Gun in Laos. <laughs> you know, like they took like that whole, you know, cocksure fly dude who has drama in his life and whatever and just put him in a, in a prison camp. Because like a, a lot of, especially like the first half of the movie, they portray Dengler as just like a very cocky, self-assured guy with a lot of bravado and a lot of bluster when he is tied down to those stakes at the beginning of his imprisonment. He's like being mouthy with the with the people who are holding him captive. And I'm like, I, I don't, you know, I haven't read the book. I didn't watch the documentary. But I just can't imagine that that would be something that's like the first thing in your mind to do when you're being held captive. You know, like that just doesn't make any sense to me. But obviously that's more on the direction than it is on the actor. So I think that he played it exactly as he needed to, given what he was given. But I, I thought he was... uh he was really charming, you know, and and something that I really enjoy about Christian Bale as an actor is that he is not an egotistical actor. He doesn't need to play his characters as charming people. There, you know, there are so many of them that are just unlikable human beings, or there are more pitiable human beings. And Dengler doesn't need to be likable necessarily, except for the whole thing where this is, you know, just more, it's it's less uh, a story of this man's actual life and more militaristic propaganda. So I think that th- these infusions of just absurdly huge charm like when he's flirting with the, the the women who come in to basically threaten him and he like winks at one of them Th- that that's more direction than i think a direction which he necessarily would have taken it but i it, it's still like just very charming i enjoy him greatly another thing that that i think is odd is that Dieter Dingler spoke with a very distinct accent because he was born in Germany. He didn't immigrate to the U.S. until later in his life. So he had a very strong accent and they didn't, they decided not to go with it. I don't understand why. I really don't. I, I think that's just, you know, a part of his character that would have been more interesting. But I, I appreciated like the, how within the movie especially i think i liked it more in the second half particularly his performance because i think it 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 has some of his more raw real bailisms in there the the way that that he embraces 
Dwayne some of the time, which I thought was like so loving and so sweet. And he is really trying to take care of his friend and to see him through something horrible. When he loses Dwayne, like that heartbreak just feels so real. You know, um, the rescue, that like the double rescue, because he's rescued off of Laos and then he's rescued from the CIA <laughs> interrogation <laughs> yeah. room, which I, I thought it was just like, you know, the, particularly the second one was like just such screwball comedy kind of thing, which I understand actually happened, but it's still like a really funny way that they went about it. And then him being being carried through the crowd, like if he was, you know, Madonna at a concert, being, you know, crowd surfing. <laughs> but he, he really does seem just so relieved and so just overjoyed to be back among friendly faces, people that he that he knows and likes being fed actual food it it really comes across as a real human experience as opposed to just the propaganda that the movie actually is yeah and i and i wonder with the accent thing if because it's not like christian bale couldn't do that accent i mean christian bale right. could do it for sure i th- i th- and i'm wondering if part of it is just more feeding into that um american audiences will have an easier time with this if he's has if he doesn't have a German accent, and I, I where it can be more of that propaganda and more of that USA go 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 kind of thing, um, because I think in in reality, and especially when you're looking at Vietnam, Vietnam, the way we treated a lot of people that were in Vietnam and the whole Vietnam War in general and everything leading up to it was so awful and horrible. And it's one of those things that usually you will see in media. It's one of the few wars in media that is critiqued a lot more than other ones. This one is much more on that hero worship side, which I'm not at all negating the torture because there was the, and this is real stuff that happened. And I mean, I wrote a whole short screenplay when I was in film school because one of our projects was to be like commissioned out to write a screenplay and adapt something. And like I was commissioned to write a screenplay. This was based on his true story about a, a man who watched his friend die in something called, they're called Punji traps, Punji traps. Are, and they're just look them up. It's awful. <laughs> and those were big, big things during the Vietnam war. And so he suffered a lot of PTSD, got back, to the States. And this is a true story. And then he went out fishing by himself and the boat overturned. This is in present day. And his arm gets caught and he ends up having to amputate his arm. But through doing that, through thinking he's going to die, it's actually kind of like a rebirth. And it's his way. He actually ends up dealing with the death of his friend that he had blamed himself for and dealing with all the trauma from war and becomes a better human being because of this other tragedy that happens to him. So I have always, because of doing that and also because my dad was in Vietnam and hearing stories from him, I Vietnam has always fascinated me a lot. And that's why this would be so interesting to watch because this to me is even though I, I like this movie, but I think this movie has more propaganda in it than any Vietnam movie, really, because usually, like I said, it's very much heavily critiquing it. And I think there's little 
little tiny sprinklings of that, that if you blink and you miss some kind of things, like when Dieter is first is in the prisoner of war camp and he meets other people that have been there for years. And he's like, years, how have you been here for years? And they're like, we've been here doing this stuff. The United States has been here for a lot longer than anyone's been talking about. So there's little sprinklings of that, but they don't delve deep into it. I know the original cut of this movie was over three hours long. So who knows what was cut because there could be a lot of that too, because Werner Herzog is not necessarily known as like a director or a filmmaker that is all like gung ho and not going to critique things. So that's, what's interesting to me about this movie is it's very, very like, and that's probably why it was the most successful movie that he ever made. And it wasn't even that successful, but for the director, it was the most successful commercially because it does have that. I like that top gun, analogy because it does have that feel to it especially in the beginning and that cocky bravado thing with Dieter I think there's also a little bit of that there where like he's almost like an optimist but in a way where it's like this optimist where he feels like there's nothing that can touch me even though in real life this was the second time he had been a prisoner before this was the second time this wasn't his first time in real life. And in real life, you know, he his plane ended up going down like two times after this. All this stuff happened to this man in real life. So I and I didn't watch the documentary either, which I really want to just to see kind of if there's any contrasts there to the attitude and to see if he's just this very optimistic person. But that optimism comes across as very egotistical and like Nothing can harm me. Nothing's really going to harm me. And you see that, like, he doesn't even realize the reality of the situation he's in, I don't think, until he starts to realize it when he sees the other prisoners of war. And it's an interesting performance to watch from Christian because he's always got that bravado under there. But slowly that starts to chip away. And it's almost like finding out, I don't know why this came to me, but finding out when you find out. So I don't I hope there are no children listening to this, but when you find out that Santa isn't real, it's like losing this little like he's in this fantasy world and has been of, you know, he didn't he says over and over again, I didn't even want to go. I don't want to go to war. I just want to fly planes. I just want to fly planes. That's all he wants to do is fly planes. And he feels I think if he says that, that makes him have no accountability for anything that's going on. And he doesn't have to have any political affiliation. He doesn't have to have any opinion because when he meets the other prisoners of war, they all have opinions on this. Right. And for the most part, they are negative opinions or at least complicated, but he doesn't. And so it's interesting watching Christian's performance where he kind of changes a little bit. And I think mainly from his friendship with Dwayne more than anybody else. And when you realize that Dwayne has already died and he's been talking to this vision of seeing Dwayne who is already dead. And when you realize that it's a very heartbreaking scene and Christian does a very subtle thing with his face where it's almost like he realizes it. He's like, Oh wait, you're, you're not, you're dead. And it's this, it's so sad. And the times when they've escaped the prisoner of war camp, And he is out there and he sees the helicopters above and he's like, they're here, they're here. And that optimist, I believe in Santa and I can survive anything person that's like, oh, they're definitely going to stop. 
And then they don't. And then another time they start shooting at him. And he's just like, why would you do this? It's like he cannot understand the complexities of war. It's like he doesn't understand the complexities of war, yet he's in this horrible thing where he is tortured. The people with him are tortured, have been starved. I've had all sorts of horrible things done to them, but he's still in like this bubble of thinking, well, this is just some weird thing and I'm going to get out of it. And this isn't like, you know, I, 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 this isn't going to affect me in any real big way, but it does yet. It doesn't. That's what's so interesting because at the end you see him and he's back to that bravado place again. It's like, and and I guess um, the real Dieter, when he did, he did go back to Laos and he was treated like a celebrity. And so I think a lot of that's probably real because it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not at all discounting that he went through torture or any of the people that went through torture, but it's almost like he never really, in this movie, grasped the um weight of that and the weight of that on other people not just him and i i don't know that was something that was interesting about this movie is there's never really like there's always this the music fits this fits that too where it's always this like everything is going to be okay for him right maybe not everybody else but for him it's all going to be okay and that's the way he thinks constantly like you said when he's first getting like his hands and his legs tied down where in I could never imagine if that happened to me in a situation like that being like, oh, um, you know, why aren't you listening to me? I need to go to the bathroom. Right. Why aren't you listening to me? Which, like, you know, it, it gets me because he doesn't strike me as an unintelligent man, but he's speaking no. English and he's not in a place where English is the primary language. So why would they listen to you? Why would they care? What they, they're also, you're a prisoner. So why would they care? So, you know, like, that just seemed to me like unnecessary bluster. Yeah. And he does that with the other prisoners of war, too. He does that, you know, when they're sitting around and they're um, they're playing this game they play where they're imagining the food that's going to be in their refrigerator. And Dwayne is describing that. And Dwayne is mentioning, like, lots of sweets. And he's like and Dieter's like why do you always have so much sweets and he's like criticizing him and he's like can you please just let me have my fantasy this is my fridge (laughs) it's my fridge this is my fantasy you know and so it's it is very much like he wants to be the star of the show no matter what no matter um if somebody else needs attention or needs to be looked after or something is more serious than he is giving it credit for because he doesn't seem to get or ever grasp the huge enormity of the situation he's in until he escapes. Honestly, I think that's when he really starts grasping it because he's like, I'm going to escape and we're going to be fine. And then no, because that whole area was so devastated and So I don't think he really grasps. But you know, that. like I, I, I think it's almost like this little Disneyland mentality that he has, where it's like, oh, this, this is a ride that will end soon, and then we can get off of it and go back to living our, our happy little lives. And his not grasping it, I, I think it's like, also, a big part of the whole movie, 
where the movie itself doesn't grasp what that war really meant and how the United States involvement just unnecessarily made everything so much worse. And the whole hiding of it, of like, oh, it's it's not going to be a real war, don't worry about it. We're just doing reconnaissance. We're just doing this. We're just doing that. When people are actually being just murdered in their own land. Like, when when I see you know, that that scene uh, towards the beginning where they're uh, they're flying over Vietnam and they're being shot at. It's like, yeah, because you're basically the hostiles here. You know, like, you're the ones who are encroaching on somebody else's land and somebody else's conflict. And this movie at no point seems to really, like you, you, like you said, there's like a slight mention, but it doesn't really delve into that. And we'll never know what that other footage may or may not have mentioned, mm-hmm. but the final product just comes out as go USA, you know, we're the good guys here. Dengler's the, the person above him, who's you know, little nickname I won't say, he is just like a prototypical military dude in in American movies where it's like, oh I'm so cool, I'm so like loosey goosey and so much fun and everybody loves me and I'm gonna make jokes about everything. That just tells you like what this movie thinks of United States quote unquote heroes versus everybody else. And you don't really get a sense that anybody making the movie understands the consequences of the depiction that they're putting out. Mm-hmm. And it's a very romanticized version of what war is for everyone involved, you know. And this war. This war really did a lot of damage, a lot of damage to a lot of people. Yeah. And it's something that has never really been dealt with or reckoned with. And there's people that are still have the the scars from that and this was also, you know, a a war where people were drafted and went against their will. And so you had that too, where it was a lot of young people who are sent to do this. And it's like you're sent to kill and to kill and to destroy villages and to destroy families and to kill innocent people and, you know, devastate state countries and which is what war does. And, I think, you know, we have never really, with any war we've been in, but I think Vietnam is so interesting because that's why this movie is so weird because it's like this is, Vietnam is a movie that you will see so many films criticize Vietnam. It's not, it's one of those where it's like, this is the okay one for us to critique and criticize. But then you have this movie that almost is like afraid to do that yes. it's so weird it's like we're afraid to really go there we'll like we'll mention little tiny things that you can say well they did it but they didn't really do it right <laughs> and, and it, it, it just it feels really weird the the entire and, and i'll get more into it later but like the entire depiction of dengler as a lone hero who comes up with all these brilliant, amazing ideas on his own and is the only person contributing anything positive to the prisoners moving towards escape. And he's like rallying them and being like, hey, guys, 
I want to get out of here and they're like, no, we don't want to. It, it just feels so forced. And, like, that's kind of why I feel, you know, like, it, it's a toothless movie. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, a, um, it, it's got a lot of white savior complex. Big time, <laughs> oh my god. It's very much that white savior hero complex. And that's why it's interesting. That's why I'd be interested to read the book and hear the actual story. Since, like I said, the big critique is that is not what happened um, and that it wasn't just him. And this was stuff that was in the works before he even was in this prisoner camp. So that's why I'd be interested to read that because if it, and it just kills me that if you like actually interviewed him and you did a documentary on him and you know the truth in the documentary, it's weird to me that you would then make a movie and totally negate all of yes, that. Yes. It's so weird. And I wonder if like, it, it was just some studio head who cut it the hell up to where it was no longer recognizable, even to Warner Herzog, where, like, this guy was like, I made this movie um, with this truth in it, and they've chopped it all up such that it is completely devoid of any of the factual things that I had in it. Not counting the gene plot, because the gene plot was very clearly just wrong. Like, that was, like, a very... It, it's almost, like, a total character assassination of Gene. Like, that really bothered me. It really is, because it makes him... And I don't know if it was also... He's like, well, we've got Jeremy Davies in here, and Jeremy Davies <laughs> always plays really, you know, kooky, weird characters. He just is known for that. Um, I, I think he's one of the best actors around, honestly, but he's known for doing that. But I will say, in... in um, not in at all the director's defense. I was going to say that, but that's not what I meant. That um, one of the the last living survivors of the camp, and I am so sorry. I should have looked up your name, so I apologize for the pronunciation here. But um, Fizit Indrat was the one who really was criticizing this, and he, along with De Bruyne's family, mm -hmm. kept repeatedly tried to reach out to Herzog in pre-production to get a balanced representation of the events, but no one could reach him. Right. So, I mean, that right there, it's like not necessarily the studio that is doing that. That's, that's the director. Even yeah. And it's a shame because the story was compelling enough without editorializing it like, like they did. Like, I really am not a fan of that. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen more the, the, you know, everyone working together where it was a team thing where you have that um, com camaraderie or, you know, as people say, brothers in arms kind of thing of like, and that happens a lot when people are in war is they do develop this very deep bond that others don't necessarily understand. And I think if you're, excuse me, if you're a prisoner of war, I, I would imagine that bond is a different kind of bond on a very different um very visceral, very real level. And so to explore that would have been really interesting, especially because it's not like the real Dieter is ever try has ever tried to take credit. Right. He's been very much like, no, this is what happened. So it's not like he was trying to take credit for it and they just kind of went with his story. So he was so he probably would have been very upset about this. So I think so too. 
Because like I, I watched a few like snippets of, of interviews with him on, on YouTube and and the ones that I saw where he mentioned Gene, he was very clear that, you know, like this is something that where they had already started plotting an escape. When he got there, they had already come up with a, a tool to get the handcuffs off at night. So while he contributed to the escape, he certainly didn't mastermind it. And he, he was, there was never any um, credit taking, like undue credit taking on his, on his side. So like this movie really, oh, I have so many issues with that. Like, I'm like, <sighs> yeah. And I didn't read that before my rewatch. I just rewatched this today, actually. Like I finished it like a few hours ago. And if I had read that before my rewatch, I do think it would have tainted the rewatch in a very different way because I honestly, and this is just for me not looking at this trivia beforehand, which I, I should have, this is honestly just me being like, um, like, well, if, if he did the documentary, I'm sure this is going to be very accurate. Because that's just me being like, right. <laughs> that's that's me having my Dieter optimism. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, just you teetering your way through life. <laughs> that sounds that sounds awful. <laughs> the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I think the performances in this movie, honestly, I think that's what makes this movie a good movie is the performances. That's what I like about this movie. And so speaking of that, um, I want to talk about the other characters and the other performances. So what are your thoughts on, on the other characters and the performances? Well, I, first of all, I hated the, the, the minimization of the roles of the Asian people in the movie. Cause like you barely know anything about them, you know, next mm -hmm. to nothing about them. They go through the trouble of like giving the, um, the, the guards, names and attributes and then just kind of making them very one-dimensional but especially like the prisoners why not give them give them the same treatment as you did to the white prisoners like it, it makes no sense well it, it it makes sense in that hollywood is just an inherently racist institution but it really angers me it's like you're setting this movie in laos and you have these people who are in the same situation as these other people and yet you can't be bothered to do very much with them. But since the ones who 
did have opportunities to do stuff are white, I will just come out and say I love Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn has been one of my like favorites. Like whenever I see him, I'm just completely de- delighted. You know, like he was one of my favorite parts of You've Got Mail. And that was like a tiny little, yes. you know, side character. I adore him. I, I I love him in just about anything that he's in. I love that in the Mindy Project, when Mindy's brother is talking about, you know, having about Steez, he's like, uh, I, I think Morgan says that it could be style with ease or the actor Steve Zahn. So I love that he like merited a mention and I'm like, yes, of course he does because he's Steve Zahn and he's delightful. But Dwayne really kind of, to an extent, kind of steals the show because he's he's just like such a likable guy. You know, the movie really portrays everybody but Dieter as a bit off kilter. Like there's something wrong with these people and Dieter has to come in there and really, you know, bring back the sanity to this hut. But Dwayne, the whole time, he, he's such an interesting guy because um, he wants out of there. And while he's hesitant at first, he w- once he's in, he's in. Um, and he trusts Dieter completely. He'll do whatever he tells him to do. And... I I just enjoy because I I feel like Steve Zahn doesn't get very many opportunities to be to play to play it straight, and this movie is it's not exactly like he plays it straight the whole time, but it's as close as as we get in a lot of his performances, and it's a really it's like as grounded as performance a, a performance as we see from him in general but i love the, the the friendship that he and um and Dieter create and that like bond that love that they have for each other where they will do anything for each other and then his his death scene was so absolutely heart-wrenching it was awful awful to watch and um in one of those interview snippets that i watched with the real Dieter Dengler he describes it exactly as it happened in the movie and you know if it's heart-wrenching for us watching it in the movie i cannot fathom what it would have been like for him to see his friend die like that in front of him it's just absolutely devastating Dwayne is he really steals my heart in this movie i i love how kind of just trusting and goofy he is uh he has um a bit of optimism, not a lot, which very understandable considering the length of, of his imprisonment. But once there's a, a glimmer of hope, he really latches onto it and he, he's like, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. We got this. Like I said, you know, even despite the way that they completely assassinate Gene's character in this movie, Jeremy Dav- Davies does a good job with the role that he was given. Like, he's really kind of creepy. Like, not in a way where, like, you want to report him to HR. He's <laughs> creepy in a way where, like, maybe you don't want to ride the bus with him at night. <laughs> but not for That's reporting him to HR reasons. <laughs> That's the perfect description. 
it's like it's a different kind of creepy but i i I love the the performance i thought it was um great and so interesting and so compelling like you really want to just sit there and 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 watch him uh you have apichart chusaku who played um pisidi and i really liked him you know he he really again we don't get a lot of him we don't get a lot of him which is a real shame especially considering that he's the the other survivor of this and they they kind of make it seem like he just decides to just screw everybody else and 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 leave when that's not what happened but i i think that he was trying his best to be um in, in the movie he was trying his best to be as helpful to the situation as he could all of the 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 prisoners who were asian were actively participating in everybody's freedom and they didn't get the credit that they deserved but i think that particular character really i don't know like he he really uh my new my new year's resolution i think is going to have to be to stop saying really <laughs> but <laughs> aside from that uh i i i enjoyed what little we did get of all of them, but I think he he was particularly interesting to me. And then just, I don't know, just everybody else, like the, the all of the American squad just got on my nerves. <laughs> Which I think because it was such a ripoff of the, of the energy of Top Gun, and those guys also get on my nerves, I'm like, Okay, so I guess they just were doing their job and they must have done it well. That's true. Yeah, the um this this is a very, you know, I mean, shocker, but it's so white centric and very um and there are a lot of like racist undertones in this uh which you know, that's the way Hollywood is sadly and when we talked about Empire of the Sun last year, we also talked a lot about that too. And yeah, when you have the prisoner, when all the all the prisoners aren't white, so there's no excuse for not like giving the other prisoners, all of them, as much attention as you do Dwayne and Jean. I mean, yes, they they did not treat Jean well, and they really, you know, like really did a horrible thing about his memory and his character and his character assassination. But they gave him more time and they should have done that, especially when you have also the important thing to remember is some of these prisoners, you know, they they spoke the language and there's the language barrier between the prisoners. And so if you have that, why not, you know, have that be more of a tool where they have a little scene. But of course, Dieter keeps interrupting. He's like, I need to hear what they're saying. It has to be all about him. But, you know, why not? That's a really good tool to use if you're trying to plan your escape. So focus more on that and not be like the white savior thing of, of course, Dieter is the one that does everything right and is okay. Right. But yeah, so it's, I mean, it is, you know, it strikes me even more the more I watch stuff like this. And you really, when you're watching it for a podcast and you're watching it to analyze what you're given the amount of racism and even though we do criticize the United States and film will crit- critique the Vietnam war 
it doesn't mean that even in those good critiques, there's still layers of racism in there too. So I do want to say that, that that is always prevalent when people are talking about the Vietnam War. And so it's in this movie too. But for Dwayne, yeah, Steve Zahn is one of the greatest actors we have. And I wish he was given more roles like this, where you got to see different sides of the range that he has. He's such a fantastic actor and he's so much fun to watch. And he just becomes the characters so completely. And he's also not a selfish actor and that you can tell. So he is not trying to outshine everybody, but he, he does because his character is the most relatable and the most lovable and the one that you're rooting for. And that's why it makes it all the more heartbreaking that he's the one who dies, that he's the one you see die. Because you really wish he could get the sweets that he wants. He could get a cake. Yes. He could get the pancakes. He could get all of that. You really wish he could have that. And the fact that he doesn't is so heartbreaking. And Steve Zahn just does such a fantastic, fantastic job. Uh, and he also lost a lot of weight. I believe it was 40 pounds wow. for him. But he he's so, so good in this. Like, just great, wonderful. I think when this movie first came out, there was even some talk of him getting, like, of people wanting him to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor kind of thing. Because it is that level of performance. And when you're in a movie with Christian Bale, sometimes, because Christian is such a good actor, and it's not something he's doing on purpose, because I think Christian really wants everybody to kind of be elevated to to his level and for all of them to play together. Um, and plus Christian never sees how great he is anyway. But I think, you know, sometimes the problem is that sometimes Christian will be paired with actors that aren't necessarily there or are selfish or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but I think that, that if you are an actor who can outshine Christian, and I think Steve Zahn does that, that is incredible. That yeah. is like a feat. And I think that's really what happens in this movie with him is he does. And it's not saying that Christian isn't great in this because he is, but I think Steve does like an even better thing there where there is that vulnerability, that fear. Also finding a friend that that's the important thing to him. I don't think it's even the escaping part that's important. It's the having a friend, having like a brother. Yes. This is someone I think he views as a big brother who can really rescue him. And there's so many times when he's like, just leave me, just leave me. Yeah. And they just, and you know, oh God, that in those moments where he's just looking at him with this face full of, you know, uh, resignation like that determined resignation where he's like, you have to leave me so that you can live. Mm-hmm. And then Dieter looks at him like, how could I leave you? And then he does everything he can to make him comfortable. Those, th- those really just break my heart. I mean, I, I was watching that and I just, that, that, that depth of that love that they had for each other was palpable and it comes through with their performances they just really they bring out so much emotion in those small moments and i feel like those small moments redeem the movie 
because of their humanity, where everything else is chaotic loss. Those are some moments of of real humanity that that shine through. Oh, and and Steve Zahn was nominated for supporting actor for an Independent Spirit Award. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's my favorite parts of this movie are when they escape, yeah. because you also see a different side of Dieter in those scenes where it's not this like. I am, you know, just living in this like denial thing of like everything's great and wonderful and I'm just the hero to save the day. There's a real camaraderie there and a real also like a real emotional pool there. And also this like it's one of the only times it seems like he really gets the um, he really gets the actual the actual enormity of their situation. and. You know, like, and I think after that, even, I mean, this is after Dwayne is gone, but when, and this is right before he gets rescued, when he kills that snake and then he's eating the snake and the desperation with which he's eating that snake, it's not just eating a snake because you're hungry. It's like, we're hungry, like a yeah. hunger that you don't, that we can't, that most of us cannot comprehend. And so eating that snake like that, with that intensity, and I think that is when you see a different side to Dieter. And I wish we had gotten more of that in this movie than the other, because I think it's a lot more interesting to watch a character that has this bravado and have it get shot down. I, I didn't mean that as any kind of, <laughs> oops, <laughs> I just thought of that, um, but watch that, you know, kind of dissolve while you're being held prisoner. And also through the friendships that he made, I think would have been a lot more interesting to watch. And that's why I like the scenes after they've escaped the most, because you see that you see a lot more vulnerability and not that bravado is pretty much gone. And I mean, there's a little bit of that when he's hoping they'll stop, but that's more just hope. I think that he wants to be, he wants to still believe that he can, he's going to survive. So I understand that. But I just like those scenes a lot more. And yeah, Steve Zahn is amazing. And Jeremy Davies has always been one of those that I I love watching him in things. He does a lot of really indie stuff. And he plays always the really quirky, weird person that you don't want to be on the bus with. That's exactly <laughs> the way most of his characters are. I kind of wish, though, with him... Uh, that someday we could just see him play not a quirky character because I think he could do it. Mm-hmm. I would like to just see that because I think he has it in him. I think it's one of those like he's a character actor and the character that he is has lobbed onto is this this character. You see this character in tons of movies he does and it's always a different level of it. There's a really interesting, I forget the name because now I can't remember it, there's this really interesting indie movie that he did with Vince Vaughn back when Vince Vaughn was doing like really deep, profound work. <laughs> there was a period that he does that. You mean before Wedding Crashers? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and no, I, I'm, that's not, I have issues with who he is as a person, but I actually really like some of Vince Vaughn's work. Like Freaky, I think is one of the best things Vince Vaughn has done yes. recently. Um, but he did this movie with Jeremy Davies years and years ago. I'm trying to find it. 
and Jeremy Davies' performance in it is, it is so interesting because it's the same kind of character, but he's a lot more vulnerable and almost like that's the thing with Jeremy Davies is he plays these quirky characters and you don't think anything bad will ever happen to these characters because they're the characters that are always going to do the bad stuff. You know, but he does like in um, Black Phone, in the Black Phone, I mean, he's like, that's taken to a whole other level, like abusive yeah. level. Anyway, maybe I'll find it and I'll be able to. I mean, he did play Charles Manson, you know, in a movie, which is just kind of, I think, where he is, is people kind of view him in that kind of um So he's kind of pigeonholed. Way, so. Yes, exactly, exactly. But he has done, I think in the Laramie Project, he played someone a little bit different, if I'm remembering correctly. The Locusts, that's right. This movie called The Locusts. And Ashley Judd is also in it. And it's, it's there's a lot of um, undertones of um, kind of, uh, just as a trigger, kind of incest, incest undertones. But he's a very heartbreaking character in that. And so he's still got the Jeremy Davies quirks to him, but it's this heartbreaking character where you feel a deep, profound um, pain for him. And I kind of wish he'd get more roles like that because I think he could have done Gene as who Gene really was. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was necessary to assassinate Gene's real character just because, and I'm not saying this is why, but and then have someone like Jeremy Davies because, of course, because this is a quick, quirky, weird character, so we're going to have Jeremy Davies do it. I think people underestimate that he can do stuff that's not just quirky and weird. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, I went on that whole tangent. <laughs> because I've been thinking about it since I was watching this movie earlier. You'd think I would have done that then, and I wouldn't have had to sit here and scramble. <laughs> Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. But we have already touched on this a little bit, but... Are there any other thing, any other things you want to add to how well or not so well this film handles war and the Vietnam conflict? Yeah, I mean, I'm not very ed well educated on the Vietnam War and the just the whole everything of it. All I know is that the United States should not have had any participation in there. Like it's one of those typical the United States decides this is our business. So we're going to go and bomb the hell out of people who don't deserve to be bombed. But this movie handles war in a very kind of like touristy way. Where it's like, and on this side of the window, you can see people scrambling for food because the United States bombed all of their supplies, uh, all of their means of of feeding themselves. And on this window, you can see people um, scrambling for their lives. But it doesn't really ever focus on anything to do with the war. It wants so badly, it feels like to disassociate itself 
from the crux of the problem that it hyper focuses on Dieter and kind of canonizes him in a way that not to say that that this wasn't you know a good person or whatever that he doesn't deserve attention for what is absolutely a great feat of of escaping prison you know a, a terrible imprisonment and inhumane imprisonment but it almost tries to make him into like the saintly figure that came and blessed the imprisoned masses with his with his knowledge and his wit and everything and it it injects little bits of fact in there like it it, um he talks about how he was a black blacksmith apprentice which the real man was a blacksmith apprentice when he was younger but it doesn't talk about how they had already made a key for the handcuffs and it it talks about how he's trying to talk Gene down from being just so wild and like, you know, trying to get him to focus when Gene is the one who had taught the non-English speaking prisoners English and how he was instrumental in creating the escape plan and how he decided to stay back because one of the fellow prisoners had malaria and couldn't leave. So Gene died in this camp because he wouldn't leave someone behind. And that's very unrealistic to what any kind of war is. War is a mess. And this movie tries to make everything so clean and simple. Where it's just like, these are the bad guys, these are the good guys, the good guys are going to escape thanks to this one man. End of story. And that was that was not it. I, I will say it's a beautifully shot movie. You know, it, it, yes. it's visually very compelling. Um, it has some very cool, beautiful shots. It was filmed in, in, in Thailand, and Thailand is a gorgeous place, so it had gorgeous scenes. But I, I don't know, I, I feel like I wanted to to enjoy this movie without um, getting bogged down in my dislike for propaganda. But this movie made it impossible because it's all propaganda. Like, there there wasn't very much realness to it. Or I could be like, oh, this is like a great depiction of this aspect of war, of that, or whatever. Like, outside of the um, those uh, interhuman relationships that they showed, there wasn't much fact to really latch onto and say, oh, what a great war movie. Yeah, I always, you know, I haven't seen my dad in, in years, but my dad was always, I would always ask him if a movie about Vietnam was accurate about Vietnam because he'd always be very frank. Like he always said, Oliver Stone's movies about Vietnam, bullshit. He wow. hated Oliver Stone's movies about Vietnam because he said Oliver Stone would twist a lot of stuff and lied about a lot of stuff to make himself look like he had more um, like that he was in Vietnam during certain times when he wasn't, or like that certain things happened that he was there for kind of thing. Like Oliver Stone twisting the truth is not really that big of a revelation in my mind. Right. <laughs> I have issues galore with that person. But so he said a lot of, he said like platoon wasn't very 
um, accurate, like the time and everything like that wasn't that accurate. But he said one of the most accurate, if you want to watch a movie that's accurate about um, about war and then also mainly also about boot camp, you watch Full Metal Jacket. He's that's exactly what boot, boot camp is like. That's like to a T what it's like when you get there and your everything changes the second you get there. Hmm. And there were other movies too that that he had mentioned. But so when I watched this, I was wondering in the back of my head, what would my dad think of this movie? Would he think this is accurate? Would he think um my dad was never a prisoner of war, but would he think some of these depictions were accurate or not. Because what, what I think this movie does, why this movie fails in the fact of how it's showing war and in particular Viet, the Vietnam conflict is it's almost like it's afraid if it critiques the United States or critiques the war or critiques war in any way, because it's really not even critiquing war, which it should be heavily because everybody involved in this it's because of war that this stuff is happening. I think there's a part of it that kind of just hit me. Maybe the reason they didn't is they thought for some reason, and this is not true, that you would not be able to empathize with the prisoners of war if you were critiquing the war that they were there fighting, which is totally bullshit because you're critiquing the war that got them there in the first place. Right. And and most Vietnam vets are not like huge fans of the war they were in and especially of the way they were treated by this country. I mean, I will never forget going down and we did like a thing that was through, um, it was like a random acts thing, which is, you know, Misha Collins thing. And we went down and we're handing out like stuff around Christmas to, to homeless people. We were handing out like, um, or the unhoused, excuse me, to, we were handing out like, stockings with like food and toiletries we were leaving toiletry especially for for women we were also doing like sanitary products that kind of stuff and we handed uh one to a vietnam vet and he said you have done more for me with this than the country has in the whole entire time and it was just a little stocking i'm not saying that to pat us on the back because that was disgusting because this is a person who fought for the country in a country that supposedly like puts like is like soldiers are above everything war and going home we spend more money on the military than anything but we don't care about the lives we don't and i mean if we treat our own citizens that way you just can imagine the way we treat the countries that we are bombing which we should all know this yeah but if we're treating our own citizens like they aren't even human beings like they're less than, than, I mean, multiply that times 10 billion. And that's how we treat other countries that we are bombing. And so I do think this movie, it's so weird because it's a Vietnam movie and it just is afraid to critique the thing that has caused all these people to be prisoners. Right. And you would think if any movie would do it, it would be a movie about prisoners of war. Right, exactly. This like would be the movie to critique war. <laughs> you know, like uh, for one thing, um, I think it's it's Gene and a couple of other people were like actually employees of an airline, so they weren't even military. And so, like that right there is like that's an interesting story. How did they end up there? How, what happened? All of this um, with with Dieter. 
you know, there was a draft. So it's not like people were just whatever. So there are all kinds of things that, that, that if you're concerned about people empathizing with your characters, there are ways. Like, that's just... I'm sorry, but that's lazy writing, you know? No, it is. It really is. So, yeah, I totally, totally agree. Because, you know, I've seen... And I've seen more than my share of, of, of uh, Vietnam movies. I've seen probably, like, more than probably should watch Vietnam movies but I, I know why I do it but I I've seen a lot of them and I've studied a lot of it and it and um and about it and studied even more of it when I was writing that that screenplay and when I was writing that screenplay I think there's also this other thing that happens with any war that wasn't like just five minutes ago is I think there's this thing where it's glamorized to this extent where it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. or it wasn't that violent which is a very weird thing to do and i think you know and i think it's something we kind of do we kind of are like um we distance ourselves so much that we're like well it wasn't as bad as this war or it wasn't as bad as that or that violent but if you start researching like if you re- research the stuff and the weaponry and the way people were killed in Vietnam and during this war and during the conflict and everything like that, you get a totally different sense. This was one of the most violent and um, brutal Mm -hmm. wars ever. And it war is in general, but this is one that um, the humanity was so lacking and, um, I, I don't know. I just really highly recommend researching Vietnam if if you want to know more about the realities of Vietnam and not just from movies. So and and I and I want to go back the, the thing when I said about Oliver Stone being accurate. Not, Oliver Stone actually I don't like Oliver Stone, but he does actually critique the war like big time. So he's not like in you know go war. I mean mm-hmm. he. I mean I think. The biggest one that does that is probably born on the Fourth of July. I think is the biz- biggest examination of that. Yeah, every time I, I I think of that title of that movie, like Born on the Fourth of July, I'm always always like Born on the Fourth of July. <laughs> it's like it just feels like so dramatic. That's a really fantastic movie. I want to say, and I, I really am not you know a big Oliver Stone fan, like I said, but. It, it's I think that's a really fantastic movie that really, really shows, you know, it starts with a character that is so gung ho and so like a Top Gun type character. And then what happens to him because of war and how that changes who he is, like everything about him. I mean, just changes his whole being and chemistry. And, and it's just an interesting um, examination of that because that's what happened to a lot of that's what really happened to a lot of people a lot of men that were there so i was wondering i'm like where in the hell is christian <laughs> i was waiting to Hi, make christian. an entrance as you know i i'm an actor you may you may have heard of some of my films and i like to show up in the most dramatic way possible Sometimes it is by showing up at the last minute during a live stream. Sometimes it is by arriving on Carla's doorstep at 2 (laughs) a.m. with no prior notice. It's okay. 
I'm sure she doesn't mind. What? <laughs> 2 a.m.? 2 a.m.? When when did you, was this like 2 a.m. today? Or no, when? of course not. This would not have been today. <laughs> she would not have forgiven me by now and let me come on the camera. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's true. And then, how could you possibly have thought that? <laughs> man, 2 a.m. Jeez, man. I hope I hope you're like, you know, contributing or doing something to be like, I'm sorry. Thank I- you for asking. I am absolutely contributing. I contributed some very delightful and illuminating commentary while Carla was trying to watch the film. Was it delightful and illuminating or kind of being a pest? Well, I feel like that's a very subjective question. And since you asked me, it is delightful and illuminating. You might uh, hear different from other sources. However, they are not reliable sources. Not like me. (laughs) Well, Christian, I have to say, I have missed you dearly. I really have missed you. I've missed you. Oh, and I missed you as well. I mean, I've seen, I've... I've seen pictures of you. You've been vacationing a lot, been traveling the world, and in your your dad clothes. Um, <laughs> your oh, dad but you attire. see, I dressed up for you today. I know you did. I appreciate it. You always do. So thank you so much. I do want to ask you. I have to ask you. Um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about the maggots. Okay. Oh, Eden, please ask away. <laughs> So you're woofing now these maggots. <laughs> what I mean, on a level of marsh of like dirt and then marshmallows, like where do does the taste of maggots fall? You know, it's quite interesting. They taste a bit nutty, a bit earthy. <laughs> kind of like if you were to make acorn soup <laughs> without washing the acorns. Have you never had acorn soup, Eden? I I'm not, I don't like soup, so. Oh well, you are missing out. It is a delicacy. <laughs> is that a Welsh thing? Or? Of course. <laughs> oh oh oh! We make it. We we make it uh, to warm ourselves and and to raise our spirits and to also raise spirits because you can use the leftovers to create a tribute. <laughs> to raise spirit. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> wow, Christian. <laughs> but I will admit, I will admit that after consuming so many maggots, I was left with an absolutely blinding migraine. My head hurt so much just thinking about it brings the headache back. Oh, Those were not my best days. I can only imagine. Yes, yes. Well, and, you know, Christian, I always have to bring this up when I watch movies where you've lost a lot of weight. I really hope, can you promise us you're going to, please, we've brought this up before. We worry about your health. You're, you're, you know, you're still, uh, you're still in great shape. You're still young, but, you know, you gotta, you know, you know. Well, let me get philosophical with you for a bit, Erin. Let me stop you right there. I will stop you right there with my stop you right there hand. <laughs> whoa, Erin, whoa. <laughs> I am trying to act 
in a different way. My resolution for 2024 and possibly beyond is to lose and gain less weight per movie such that I maintain a, a credible physique for each role, but probably not launch myself into a stroke. Well, I really, I really think that's a good idea. I love this resolution. I love this. And I, and I hear you might be doing, um, you might be in a new, uh, Dr. Frankenstein movie. You might be playing the doctor. I might yet. But nothing is set in stone. So let's. Okay. Sorry. 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 Okay. We'll be quiet about it, but I'm hoping it happens. I know you're also doing another movie with Bradley Cooper. Oh, that delightful chap. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. He is such a hoot. <laughs> that delightful chap. <laughs> well, yes, he is. Sometimes if I ask really nicely, he'll even do the the, the Rocky Rocket voice for me. From his, his, his hit movies, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, and 3, even. Are you you're big fans of those movies? Absolutely not, but I am a fan of his. <laughs> Absolutely not. Wow. <laughs> well, you, you're part of the Marvel Universe, you know. Yes. However, <laughs> you know, as much as I wanted that movie to be so much more than it was, and in, oh, alas, it was not. Yes, you're part of the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe, man. You're just, you're just, you're incredible, Christian. I shall not rest until I conquer all universes. <laughs> Well, I want to see you in a comedy. I keep putting that out there. So, right. my well, Christian. You know, Eden, I've thought about it. And I shall think about it some more. That's <laughs> one moment. Please do pause your thoughts on my comedy future. Whoa there. Whoa there. <laughs> I, I, I must think of what my legacy should be. Shall it be comedy? Shall it be drama? Who knows what life has in store for me in my 50s? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I am young yet. I could still make people laugh. You make me laugh every January, Christian. Oh, thank you. So it's such a delight to see you again. And the many different... You've added a third face into you know your third expression um into the you see and then sometimes sometimes i think so hard and i have to put my palm to my forehead and think oh i must have thinking quite so hard and then sometimes it's just because i want to run my hands through my hair but i must do it with this facial expression so that people think i'm just thinking really hard and not just that i'm enjoying my own hair because people think that's vain you should enjoy that hair as much as you want to, Christian. That's what I keep telling people. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Christian. And we're about to play Six Trees of Finn Went Rock, but I, I and I didn't really ask you this when we talked about the Big Short last week, last week, last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't twenty thirty three just feel like last week? Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> you only have three more days to make that joke. <laughs> Yes, um, but 
uh, when and by the way, I'm still, you know, we're still all basking in the financial advice and the stuff you taught us last year, which was amazing. I am so glad I could enlighten you all. Yeah. And, and do you still have those mom bucks or did you return them? Oh, they were confiscated before my last departure. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, good, because those aren't yours. <laughs> That's what they keep telling me. And yet they just and keep yet. leaving them laying around. <laughs> uh, but I didn't ask you because, you know, Christian, you are our unofficial mascot. But we do have a vice unofficial mascot. This is only, you know, you kind of have to have a vice. And that is Finn Wittenbach. I was in the movie called Vice. Oh, That's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And so I didn't get to ask you this last year. I don't know why I didn't. But I'm going to ask you this. What was, I know you didn't work with him, but I saw many pictures of you and Finn Wittrock out on the award trail. And he always looked like he was looking at you like I would think I would look at you if I saw you in person with just this complete adoration and almost shock that he was in the same room with you. So what is Mr. Finn Whitrock like? I just, just curious. Well, I must admit it is a bit disconcerting to me to be looked up to for, even though I am a tall man, <laughs> I am but a man, you see. And yeah. though I do appreciate the appreciation I just want to say that he is also a delightful chap. <laughs> well, thank you, Christian. Thank you. And hopefully you never do anything to let us down because, you know. <laughs> I would never do that to you. Oh, 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 oh. Well, thank you, Christian. I'm so glad to have you back. And I can't wait to continue to celebrate you. Next week, we're going to be talking about 310 to Yuma. Are you excited? Oh, Goodness, I am very excited to discuss that movie. I know it is one of Carla's favorites, and I cannot wait to rewatch it with her and to tell her all about it as she attempts to watch it. <laughs> awesome. Yes, and then in a couple of weeks, you'll be reunited with one of your co-stars from Public Enemies. Oh, that's right, the delightful Meg. I cannot wait to see her again and say hello. How do you do? Would you like some pizza from Crafty? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Christian. I'm so happy to have you back. Ta-ta for now, Erin. See you soon. Okay, ta-ta. I was like, when is Christian going on? <laughs> Whenever we do. He was waiting for his moment, you know? Like, we, we were talking about some deep, know, serious stuff. True. He didn't want to impose. It would have been really, that's true. I was like, well, we're, we're not really talking about stuff where there's a break where he could talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I love, I love the new, the new face, the new, the migraine look. <laughs> <laughs> the migraine face. That picture. Oh, that poor amazing. man, how he suffers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but I did do a six degrees of Finn, and I and I actually really love my six degrees of Finn with Rock because of things it incorporates. So I used the movie Secretary because oh, I used Jeremy Davies because Jeremy Davies is in the movie Secretary, which I love that movie, and he plays again. It's a nice version of the character that you don't want to sit on the bus with. <laughs> 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 um, and Maggie Gyllenhaal, of course, is in that. Um, and Maggie Gyllenhaal was in the movie Crazy Heart with Colin Farrell, my soon-to-be husband, who listens to the podcast all the time. Totally. I know he does. Hi, Colin. Um, you know, reach out. 
Don't be afraid. Hi, to Mr. Aaron. <laughs> Don't be afraid to reach out and touch me. I mean, touch. I mean, reach out and touch. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin Farrell was in, was in the movie Winter's Tale with Finn Whitrock. So there you go. See, see how all my men are connected and living in the same <laughs> world together. <laughs> also, your basement. I mean. <laughs> My crawl space. Crawl space. <laughs> that sounds even worse. <laughs> Sometimes tied up to the bed. No. <laughs> when they've been good. Yeah, but when they've been bad. Oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you so much, Carla. I'm so glad we are in Christian Bale month. Um, I'm sorry, it's a little shorter, but we still have great stuff to look forward to, like next week, 310 to Yuma. Not sure yet when that is going to happen, but look for stuff. I will promote that a little better. Um, and then the week after that will be Public Enemies. I almost said something like pump up the volume, which I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Christian wasn't in They both movie. start with P. <laughs> um, and we are, of course, going to do Christian Bale B word trivia. B word. <laughs> it's the happy B word. Um, so look for that. That might be on the day of his time when he came to be. <laughs> of his womb emergence. Oh my gosh. His womb emergence. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for more on that. But we're going to go ahead and close this one out. And Carla. Tell all the lovely listeners and viewers where they can find you and your podcast, where, of course, promote it again. You did a Christian Bale episode. I was on it, and the characters were from 310 to Yuma and Public Enemies, which we've, we're going to be covering this time. And then also his character from Equilibrium, which we covered the first year of Christian Bale month. So tell everybody where you can be found. Yes, Erin, they can find... Bedwetter Up Ahead podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All of them. All of the podcasts. That's where Bedwetter Up Ahead will be. You can find our social media presence, scant as it is, on TikTok at Bedwetter Pod, on Twitter at Bedwetter Pod, and on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. You can find me, my art, and my musings on Instagram at Carlatemis. TikTok at Carla Temis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. I don't think that's really how you conduct, but I'm conducting. <laughs> I'm not a conduct. Look, yes, totally. That, that's totally how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying out for a part on, in Maestro, but Bradley Cooper said, get out. Um, and I'm like, fine, you're not one of my men anymore. So that's. <laughs> and then he cried. It yeah. was very sad. It was on the news and everything. <laughs> Local uh, woman makes Bradley Cooper cry. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm closing out now. That's what I'm doing. So you do, you can't really, well, you can try and follow me on Twitter, but I don't really do much there. And Instagram's private. So what you want to do is you want to follow Fergie. Fergie is a goofball. She's hilarious. She... She, you know, she likes American Psycho. That's probably her favorite Christian Bale movie because, come on, she loves horror. She really does love horror. Uh, but you want to follow her on TikTok at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R. 
GS. Yes, it's long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod um, on threads. Also at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to catch up on past Christian Bale episodes, head on over to our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. If you want to be a potential interview guest, click the contact us button there. Christian, as always, remember, I will drop everything for you. Everything. Okay. We even determined that I wouldn't get, you know, if I was about to have surgery, I would drop that for you. So, you know, <laughs> this is how real it is, dude. So, so come on this show and make my dreams come true. I mean, I know you're already on this show all the time, but, you know, let me let me interview you. In a more official capacity. Yes, yes. Um, remember, I don't care about your personal life. It'll be just a deep conversation, but I will ask you if you like marshmallows. So... <laughs> Really, I'm gonna do that. If I when when I interview Christian Bale, that's gonna be my last question to Christian Bale. <laughs> and he'll be like, What? <laughs> what a weird question. <laughs> and if he laughs, then I will know he's listened to the episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, and also while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber today for as little as three bucks a month. You get ad-free content, you get bonus episodes. Last year, Carla and I did a bonus Christian Bale episode. For January, um, my Patreon subscribers have decided that the patron pick bonus episode is going to be me just doing some random movie from IMDb. I'm still trying to figure out how to select this movie. So I'm going to have to decide that. But you get that. You also, hey, there's still time to join before the 14th. You get to help decide the nominees in some of the categories for our upcoming Fandom Choice Awards which there will be a public ballot when we release the nominees on Thursday, January 18th. Then there'll be a public ballot. And just to let you know, you know, there are some Christian Bale categories, including Carla's Christian Bale impression. So, yes. That's right. Yes. Get a voting. Get a voting. (laughs) Get a (laughs) voting. Ride them, cowboy. Okay, that's next week. Anyway, I'm going to close out and stop talking now. So uh, so next week, as I've been saying, it's 310 to Yuma. So, um, and that's going to be Paula is going to be joining us for that one. So it's going to be Carla and Paula and me and Christian, of course. So can't <laughs> wait to see that one. I always get a kick out of all this because if you don't know everybody, this is why I think it's even more special this is not rehearsed, <laughs> although you might be able to tell from my side. It's not rehearsed, but, I don't know. <laughs> but it's not. None of this is rehearsed, so I never know what's going to happen. It's and always a surprise to the both of us. Yes, we never know. So it's this <laughs> huge shocker. So thank you, Carla, again, for being a part of it. And thank you to everybody out there for listening and watching. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.